Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach. (laughs) (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. This is where faith and life connect. It's the session here on Rise FM. I am Scott and here with Tom, our life coach. We're going to take another look into a very difficult topic. And we are going to use the word porn quite a bit today. And if this is a topic you do not want your little ears to hear, then please distract them for the next 25 minutes or so. Or you can come back and listen to this and last week's episode on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. So we're going to jump into social media's impact on our lives. But first, Tom, we turn to God's Word. All right. Sorry, Scott. In 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, it is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is having a bigger influence, Scott. Jesse Weinberg talked about how pornography consumption, children were exposed to it at 8, sexting began at 10, and pornography Addiction. addiction started at 11. How? Okay. All right. Before you and I both get wound up. (laughs) (laughs) What are the chances I'll get wound up today, Scott? uh, I'd say it's um, it's about 90 to 1 that you will. (laughs) All right. There is a number about hours of screen time that should scare parents to share this number. Yeah. And Scott, from the time of fifth grade till they graduate high school, there's a potential for children to watch a screen 24,000 hours. Oftentimes, that's in the basement. Oftentimes, it's in their room. It's them and their screen. What is that screen? What's on the other side of that screen that's impacting our children? And I honestly believe one of the ways we're beginning to see the impact of it already is our workforce is not what it could be. Because these teenagers, are, are there's a big portion of them, the population coming out of high school without any ability to work, not because the high school hasn't done its job, but because they don't have the inner wiring, the character development, and and the accountability that, hey, you know what, at 14 years old, you can mow your neighbor's yard and make some money, or you can plow some driveways or rake some leaves and begin to understand a work ethic. I don't need to do that. Exactly. I can make money in Bitcoin. Mowing a lawn doesn't get me any followers on TikTok. Yeah, I'm going to be an eSport all-star, and I'll make all kinds of money. And you want me to what? Yeah, Sweat? So 24,000 hours. Which is more time than you spend with them, Mom and Dad. That's not being critical of parenting. It's just that is the nature of the influence on our that, that screens are having on your kids now. That's true. And the, you know, the real problem is, you know, Jesse Weinberger came to Ashland, and she spoke to Ashland students. That's right. And spoke to Ashland parents 
there were some really scary things that came out of that, and they mirrored what you just said a minute ago, Tom. Age 8, age 10, age 11. There were kids that were writing to her privately that they were going to make a commitment to stop having sex, and they were 10 years old. Yes. Yeah. Really? How do they even know that? (sighs) Okay. Yeah. Unwind. Okay, stop, Scott. That's last week in a nutshell. Yeah. And you can go hear the whole uh, session, the whole episode on our, on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. But let's jump into the newest part of this, and we're going to offer some help and some help here, I hope, Tom. But cell phones are a major contributor to porn. Jesse Weinberger, Scott, recommends parents make their child sign a contract. I think that's really important. I, that's a neat idea. And not only does it help with porn, but it also helps them learn about commitment and accountability to that commitment. I think that's really important. Consequences for actions. Yeah. And so the contract clearly outlines the rules of using a smartphone. It should include promises never to take nude selfies and never to try to to meet strangers from the internet along with other limits, like no smartphones at the dinner table or in the classroom. If your child breaks the rules, take the phone away. And that is where it could be intense. Those who haven't given their children yet a cell phone, it's really important you can start out with, I'm loaning you this cell phone. When it's time, Jesse Weinberger encourages no cell phones before the age of 13 and only at 13 if they're accountable. If they, if they have shown the ability to handle the responsibility. Yeah. At one point in history, we talked about parents look at and speak the language of responsibility, defined as a person's ability, their children's ability to respond. How are they responding about it? Are they doing it in a healthy way? If this is life crisis because their phone's coming away, Parents should look at that as an alarm. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why it's catastrophic. Exactly. And that was my next question, Tom. If if the kids are already at an age or you've already given them a cell phone, right? that doesn't mean that the ship's already sailed. You can pull it back. That's right. You're just going to have to work a little bit harder at it in all likelihood. Well, and that's true. So once you have a cell phone, you have to pay for the cell phone. So... Here we are is another opportunity to say to your child, I am financing this. I am keeping you afloat on your your cell phone. And I have ownership in that. So as your parent, here's the deal. We're going to work together. If you're not going to be responsible and your ability to respond is not safe, I don't have to pay that bill. Now, maybe you have their attention. Scott, there's a high probability that the child is not going to be a happy camper, and I'm the master of understatement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for you and I, the threat was, well, I'll just uh, take away the car keys for the weekend, and you can't go on that date. Yeah. You know, for the kids today, it's take away their cell phone and, and at Mansfield Christian. That's the deal. If a cell phone comes out during class when it's not supposed to be, there are times when they do want it for whatever a task might be. But if a phone comes out, and it's not supposed to be there, it is taken and given to the principal. And then they have to go explain to the principal why it was necessary for them to get that phone out during class before they get it back. 
Yeah. You know, think about that and maybe talk to your teachers. Uh huh. Heaven forbid if parents should talk to teachers. <laughs> yeah. Talk to your teachers about what the consequences are for phones so that you know what the rules are, too. Right. Because the kids assume, for the most part, that you're ignorant about what they're doing. Go to your kids' teachers and ask, does Johnny get his phone out during school a lot? And, the, and if the answer is, yeah, I'm always telling him to put it away, maybe the cell phone doesn't go to school with Johnny for a week. And Jesse Weinberger definitely supports that, that whole thought of maybe it doesn't go there for the week. The accountability piece, she would have no problem with taking it, and she wants to see it smashed. <laughs> Not just thrown away, but smashed and put. You put it in a bag. You smash the bag, and I think you you somehow soak it, so that there's no way that will ever be a problem. She is really okay. Jesse is with upsetting the children. Like, yeah, you're gonna be mad at me, but that is better than facing sex trafficking incident where your child was stolen. Look at the consequences. And what would they get into? If they are understanding, if they are perceiving this is what sex is like by watching pornography, what's that going to mean in their marriage? How is that going to work? It destroys it. Absolutely. It destroys that relationship. And there's another way that the enemy is attacking the family. The number of cases that came, marriages that came into my office because one of them was addicted to porn was a regular occurrence. And so there are consequences down the line for the actions that we may let our kids use at age 8 and 10. Right. So yeah. keep that in mind. All right, so next one. Screen time directly impacts your child's mental health. Now, when we were kids, we were told, would you turn the TV off? It's going to scramble your brain. It increases loneliness, depression, and anxiety. Children on screens show physical changes in brain structure. That's really interesting. The neuroplasticity of the brain. Impacted brain development and lower educational outcomes. Children born between 1995 and 2012 are the loneliest people on the planet. Why? Because they spend their time on the phone... They're looking at screens instead of playing outside. And their communication, if it happens, is all words. It's not verbal. We have five senses. One of them is definitely sight, but so is sound, hearing. If we're not hearing it, we're... We're not understanding the feelings. Oh, now I'm going to sound like a counselor. Oh. <laughs> Folks, you should see Scott. He's, he's looking for his Eeyore doll. His Eeyore's right over there <laughs> on the disco ball. <laughs> that, that's almost like an oxymoron, Scott. <laughs> Eeyore in a disco ball, yeah. yeah. I'll, have to put, well, I'll have to put a picture of that on this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. And so anyhow... The feelings associated that comes out when we talk. It feels good to be approved of. It feels good to be accepted. It feels good to be affirmed. We'll get it in. It feels good to be... Celebrated. Yes. yes. And how are our kids today being celebrated? When they see the number of likes. 
yeah. the number of follows. They see the number of smiley faces. Right. Or little hearts. Right. All those little emoji things. As long as they don't see a poop emoji, they're happy. <laughs> True. That's what our kids see as celebration of success today. Right. That's that's where, where the, it's coming from. You're also, when you're talking about the social media, this is somebody's highlight film that they're putting on social media because they really don't put the, the bloopers on it where they screwed up or messed up. Oh, heavens it. no. Yeah, no, couldn't he- do that. Heaven forbid anybody should find out you're human. Right, yeah. So it's always the highlight reel of all the good stuff. And and, and so if somebody reads that and they go, well, yeah, that person's got it all together. And what about me? Well, you know, I'm I'm nothing. You know, Matthew West saw, has a song where he says, you know, one of the biggest lies is everybody's life is perfect except mine. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's that's social media in a nutshell. Everybody's life is perfect except mine, and I've got to catch up. And what a lie being told. Straight from the pit of hell. Exactly. Our hope here today is that you start getting an understanding of what's going on when your kids have their faces stuck in their phones at the dinner table. Right. And why it's okay to say, why don't you put that down and tell me about your day. Right. Beyond, fine. Yeah. How many, I mean... Be honest. How many times did your kids come home and you go, how was school today, dear? Fine. Yeah. And you didn't go any farther with it. Right. Sit down and tell me about your day, Johnny. How was math class? Right. Yeah, when we did that with our children at the dinner table, the boys were so funny. It would be, you know, a quick summary. Oh, it was good. I, You know, I think I got good grade on this test, and, and that's about the extent of it. Mandy, bless her heart, you're talking about women having a few more words on their planet. <laughs> we got to give that poor daughter of yours time for rebuttal on here. I, that's <laughs> we true. have said so much about Mandy. Bless you, Mandy, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she'd start in, well, I, I got to my locker at 8 o'clock, and I put my books in and my coat, and by 8.05 I was headed to the classroom. So it's like a play-by-play throughout the entire day, and, and her brothers are like, oh, Mom and Dad, do we really have to go through this? Meanwhile, her mom is going, huh? Tell me more. Uh huh. Uh-huh, okay. That's right. And did your did your coat go in the locker? Okay, or was it a little too big? And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did your friends think about your your coat? And yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, the three you, you the boys are all sitting there just wolfing down dinner and hoping dessert comes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Right. But that's okay. That's because we are we are from different planets. Right. We are wired differently, and that's okay. So I think we're seeing that clearly screens do not help people be relational. Let's go to this. How smartphone use among adolescents may trigger ADHD-like symptoms. Yeah, and change the brain. Some want to say that the brain acts like a muscle. Well, if you're exercising one part of the brain, the muscle, but not the other parts... Well, you're going to have one part that's going to be pretty active. So the guy with the Big Ten education here, I have to put this in another term. All right, so let's say I do five lifts a day with my right arm and none with my left. My right arm eventually is going to be strong and healthy looking, and then my left arm is going to be a limp noodle hanging at my side. There we are. Same thing is going on in your kids' brains. Exactly. Yeah, you're going to have a limp noodle for part of it. (laughs) 
which means every time you heard your, you turn your head, you're going to hear a sloshing sound. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's move on to something else here. I'm going to let you pronounce it, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to spell it. Okay. Because the two are not the same. And so now what we're beginning to do, Scott, is talk about helps. Yes. Here's the help. And I think it's important to say we don't want to just create an issue or a problem without coming up with some helps. Right. So this is an app, and it's pronounced Gustodio. 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 Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O. And again. <laughs> it's again, Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O. Yes. And I know we're talking about the evils of social media, <laughs> and it's an app. It's kind of, you know, it, it seems counterproductive, but it's yes. one that can help you, parents. Yeah, and so it's a free app that lets parents monitor their children's text messages, disable apps at certain times of day, or even shut off a smartphone remotely. And so there are some helps out there. And, in fact, Jesse Weinberger absolutely recommends that one. Okay. That was the top of her list. So let's spell that again. Gustodio. Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O. And right now, every child that is sitting with a parent right now is going to send us a hate email. (laughs) (laughs) Probably in social media. That's right. Somebody's going to post a poop emoji somewhere talking about the session. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. We don't mind. Yeah, it means we're making progress. All right. Even though that whole thought stinks. (sighs) Boy. Yeah, we'll just flush the whole idea and move on. <laughs> All right. So don't spit that water out at me. <laughs> Scott just about got a bath. I just about got a bath. Yeah, that's all right. That's I, right. I took a shower, one shower today. Another one won't hurt. <laughs> all right. So the twin rise of smartphone and social media use yeah. has caused an earthquake of a magnitude that we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah. And there's evidence that the devices we've put in our kids' hands are having a profound effect on their lives and actually making them unhappy. It may be making our lives easier because now they can just do that on their own. Right. Uh, but they're not happy about it. Well, in, in the whole idea of screens and as a babysitter, or how about we're going to go on a trip? I, I don't want to say all screens in that context are necessarily wrong. They're, they're going to have good, maybe healthy, safe stuff on them. Here is where I have a problem with it. It's the process of us conditioning our children to be on a screen. Well, and you look at the cars today. Mm-hmm. What's on the back of the back of the front seats? That's right. Screens. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. there's a screen hanging down from the ceiling. So all they got to do is look up there. You put in that Disney movie or whatever, and they watch Moana while you're driving, and you don't have to worry about. Are we there yet? That's I gotta right. go to the bathroom. I'm hungry. Yeah. Right. You know what? I'd rather have that. But we would play a game called I Spy. You pick a letter and you try to find something that has pictures like that. While we're talking about cars and playing games, here's another little something new that has come up in this age of screens. Kids are not getting their driver's licenses. Right. I mean, I know several that are in their 20s now. Mom and Dad still drive them everywhere. Okay, you and I... Rite of passage was getting your driver's license at 16. Right, for sure. I mean, in my high school, driver's ed was actually a class in high school. I still know my driver's ed teacher. Do you really? Yeah, I do. That's pretty cool. Daily contact with him on Facebook. Kids don't get their driver's licenses. Why? 
during their adolescence and their teen years, it's their developmental uh, time when they're uh, doing their identity. They're developing their identity. The whole idea of emotions, there it is again, that are, are developed during that period of time are not developing the way they could. So the whole thought of it is scary. I have seen some and talked to some. They've been on the farm. They've been driving farm tractors and, you know, maybe a, a truck from the barn out to the cornfield. Yeah. And it's like no big deal to them. But they're not down in the basement on a, on a screen. They're working. So we are beginning to see that where, you, you know, you go into a restaurant and it takes, well, it used to take 10 minutes or 20. Now it takes 45 minutes because there's just not enough help. So, Which goes to the next thing. Teens are not working right. or managing their own money. Only 55% are working now. Which it is, is probably lower than that if you go by all the four higher signs. Right. And I don't see it getting better unless we impact them. Because remember, between the ages of 8 and 11, they're being introduced to things like porn, but also the whole social media. We've talked about peer pressure, but remember peer priority. I don't care what I'm hearing, but in the decision-making process, what are my peers doing? That's the priority. If they're doing it, I'm going to do it. When we talk about uh, George Barna, one of the leading researchers on the church and family, talks about for a child to develop a worldview. The primary focus there is a Christ-centered worldview. But things like attitude, things like their development uh, emotionally and mentally and how they feel or what they think about what's going on in the world, somebody gets shot in another school. How do they feel about that? He says that the window of opportunity for an individual to become, to develop a healthy worldview is between the ages of 8 and 12. He said in his research, those who go beyond the age of 13, the probabilities of impacting their or change their worldview is very difficult, challenging. But in the name of Jesus, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Right. I don't want to leave that out of it. But what we're talking about is a society that is developing a worldview that really is shaped more by social media than it is in dialogue with parents and significant caregivers and significant role models in a child's life. And some more helps for the parents? Yes. A couple before we leave. Yes. You want to adopt the concept that the cell phone is on loan. And I can take it back if you don't do it well. Some people talk about before dinner, your cell phone goes in a basket. Others carry that to the next step. At 930, everybody's, including mom's and dad's cell phone, goes in the basket. And throughout the night... It stays there. It points to, there's, there's a number of examples that I read about where mom is talking to the children about it, but in the children's mind, they're going, yeah, mom, but dad's sitting over there on his cell phone. It shows what kind of role model are we and what do children watch. And they are watching. Yeah. No doubt about that. That becomes 
really important, and, and it, we begin to turn things around. Jesse Weinberger would advocate for regular checks. You may have to understand as much or more than your child about their cell phone and where and how they're hiding stuff. And maybe as parents, you're, you're thinking, okay, we've got some problems in our house already. The kids have already got their phones. I'm already seeing problems. Sitting down with life coach like Tom can be helpful and beneficial to maybe reversing what has started to happen right. in your kids' lives and in your family. So how can they get hold of you to start a conversation? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. My email, h c c m at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.